What's going on, everybody? Leo Cannell here with your podcast for today. Today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, we have an amazing uh, entrepreneur and teacher of leaders and how important leadership is. We've got Shauna Shu. She is an innovative thought leader who can help you unpack the pesky problems you encounter when you lead people with a curious mind herself and a master's certificate in neuro-linguistic programming. Shauna is exceptionally skilled in the art of uncovering leadership blind spots and catapulting leaders out of the leadership weeds, having worked with organizations like Nike, Columbia Sportswear to associations such as Fashion Group International and the National Speakers Association. Shauna shares a unique perspective so that the information and ideas she promotes stick and work. With two TED Talks to her credit, as well as three decades of experience, you will be enlightened as well as entertained while shifting from the less stellar things most leaders do to focus only on what the best leaders do. Shauna Shu, welcome to the podcast. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. I'm happy to be here. Boy, that sounds like a lot to do in a podcast, but we're going to do it. We, we are going to do it. And, you know, there's a lot of important factors. Our audience is made up of entrepreneurs and small business owners, those who are looking to grow and scale. And as one of my mentors always said, if you want to grow exponentially, it begins by having great leaders and obviously being a great leader yourself. But before we get into that, Shauna, we're always interested to find out the background of our guests. And I think you've got a very fascinating background and and whatnot. So tell us a little bit, who was Shauna in high school and growing up and what kind of led you down the path uh, that you're in serving, you know, leaders across the country and the world? Thank you. And uh, <laughs> well, I'm from Oregon and I'm a redhead. So I always say that, you know, it comes with, I, I'm, I, I got rusted <laughs> and that's where my hair turned red. I was a farm girl. And so, but I have to say that one of the things that I think living rural does, and I live rural still. Matter of fact, the funny thing was, since I was raised rural, I, I went, oh, I'm never going to live like this. You know, I went on the road and I traveled all over the United States and the Caribbean and I did all these crazy things. And I ended up on, I was raised on six acres and now I'm on 20. <laughs> so I didn't move <laughs> up. I just moved further out is what I say. Uh, but the values that are depicted by living in a rural situation I think sustain me, especially when I'm helping leaders, especially since I like to use other species. So I've been around animals my entire life. I think they're some of the best teachers. And I think it's a unique spin because I think a, a lot of leaders may be missing some of the lessons yeah. that are right in front of them. If they have a dog, let's say, or even a cat that's part of their family household. So um, I did that. I've been studying my whole life. I think my mom and dad were always you needed to be self-directed and let's look at that as a leader, you know, like people will be put in a leadership position. I had a woman call me yesterday and said, but no one gave me any training for this. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling 
out of my league because I know my job really well and I'm a hard worker, but I don't have the skills, you know, and then, and how do you ask for leadership skills when you've displayed leadership, you know, ability. And I think there's a big division, you know, you're a natural leader, but I also think you need those skills. Mm. And that's where people like me and you come in, right? No question. I mean, leadership is so pivotal, so vital to growth and and when you have the the leadership skills and, and and you know some people maybe are born with certain but a lot of it certainly can be learned but tell us you know when it comes to leadership what are some of the values and principles that you feel are are, are really vital and important that you that certain most successful leaders have obviously you know there there's differences in leadership there's differences in styles there's differences in personality but are there certain values and principles that a lot of the most successful leaders possess? And if so, what do you think what are they? Are? <laughs> well, you know, it was really interesting. An, an exercise that a leader can do or bring in a facilitator to do it with you is to really ask your teams and yourself too, what do you think the traits of a stellar leader are? And what's been interesting when I do this exercise with teams I facilitate is the leader will say visionary. <laughs> the leader will say they're they're planning strategies, and and the people who they're leading will say communication <laughs> and <All right>. uh, <laughs> listening skills. You know, which maybe the leader doesn't have. But in doing this work, I kind of looked up all these. What are the leadership traits from Forbes? What are the leadership traits from you know all the different places that you look for leadership? And what was in really kind of unique and incredible was none of them had the same list except for one word. And it made all three lists. I think it was Forbes and it was um, uh, New York Times. There were certain lists online. And the one word that all three that made all three lists was empathy. Okay. And I thought that was interesting that a leader, instead of making decisions as if there is no human involved is empathetic to the people that they're leading. And I thought that was really kind of pivotal there. And that's why I think sometimes when you have other species in your life, um, there's no other gift that we get in life like a dog, because if we get it as a puppy, we get to train it up, you know, let it be in part of our world, our culture, our family, and then quickly, it goes into an adult, which is how we learn to communicate with our teams, but we also get to help it at the end of its life. Mm. And this is a good, it's a hurt, hurtful deal for us, but it's a good deal for us because it gives us all patience when we're teaching puppies. And then in the middle of adults that if we don't have the kind of animal relationship we want, that's our fault. <laughs> I mean, and usually it's because most leaders are inconsistent most humans are inconsistent. Yeah. And then at the end, going back into that empathy piece of really caring for something that gave you some good, good things in their life. Did that make sense? It does. It makes a lot of sense as as someone who hails from a small town now myself from Beaver, Utah, 3000 people and a lot of a lot of farmers, a lot of rural area. There are certain small town values that transfer over. And there were some great leaders uh, in my town that I learned learned a lot of things from, and, and you're absolutely right that incorporating and understanding how you care for animals is, is part of learning leadership skills. And 
Oddly enough, in our office, everybody, almost everyone in here is a dog or cat owner. So we have a lot of dogs that uh, come to work and they're all extremely well-behaved. We, we just don't have any issues with them, but there are certain ways than how you treat you know, your pets, how you treat other people. And so the key word you're using and, and, and noticing is empathy. So if you're trying to become a better leader, and yes, the vision's important, and yes, the overall direction, but how do you, what are some of the ways that you can become more aware of showing that empathy, you know, to your team, to your employees? Well, the easiest one, and I say easy, but it doesn't mean that or I guess it's an easy concept, but not necessarily easy to do is really to become a questioner instead of a teller or a seller. Like so many times when I'm working with a leader there, I told them to do this and I tell my team and they don't do it because they're not really asking. They're not asking for buy-in or they're not asking. And so it's, I say it's an easy concept because people will say to me, oh, oh yeah, Sean, I'm doing what, oh yeah, I asked him. So I said, break that down for me. Well, they didn't do what I asked him or they did this really stupid thing. And here's what I said. I said, or here's what I asked. I said, what were you thinking? (laughs) You know, that's not a good question. (laughs) Or um, they're, they're asking that puts other people on defensive. So even though the answer that you ask for is become a better questioner, but be masterful in your questions. And that takes thought and it also takes intent. It's so funny that you you point out that asking the right questions is so vital to leadership. And as the older I get and, you know, going on 20 years of entrepreneurship, like asking the right questions is the key to everything in life. Like if you want to become a great salesperson you can't come out and just tell the client, hey, this is what you need to do. This is the product, the solution. You need to do this because people want to understand and they want to come to that, that uh, solution themselves. But by asking them the right questions about what they're looking for, what they need, now they're, they're in a position of uh, you're asking them and then they'll tell you. And now you can actually share that solution and leadership from what you're saying is very similar. Instead of going and telling your employees, Hey, I need you to do this, this, and this, and this, you know, usually there's, you know, some sort of problems or some sort of task that needs to be done. Hey, what do you think is the best way to accomplish this? Or, you know, I noticed that our numbers have done this and we've seen a dip. Why do you think that is? What can we do? So asking those right questions is a big key. Wow. What that's so if you, so guys, if you're listening at home uh, or you're listening on the, in your workout or wherever you're at listening to this podcast, take that note, ask very good questions and think about asking those questions and good things can happen. So what are some of the keys to forming these good questions? I'm glad you you went there. You're a great interviewer. I, because I liken it to the story of my dad. My dad was a builder all of his life. He was a builder. And so he could, a hammer nail, no one was better than him. You know, he hold the nail and wham, you know, wham, wham, wham. You don't want to see me nail anything. Me neither. (laughs) I, I bend the nail, I, I hit my thumb, I hit the wall, it's bad. So the concept of putting a nail in the wall is pretty easy. Becoming a master at it takes takes a bit. So with questions, one of the things that I have found is what are you attempting to accomplish? In other words, instead of this happened, okay, what question, what question? It's what's my intent? What do I really want from this person? And 
the best leaders in my mind are the ones that help their team uncover or discover it themselves. So that's when you stop and something just happened. Your question might be, walk me through your thought process here. Not why were you doing this or what did you do? I would get away from why questions because that could produce defensiveness. Instead, walk me through this. Or if you were going to say, what's our goal here? You know, we, we get busy on making a task, but sometimes we have to go back and go, what's the end goal that we wanted from this task? Or what's the end goal we want from the relationship? Exactly. And, so you're, you're kind of starting with the end in mind, right? Absolutely. The end in mind. What, what are we trying to accomplish? And I find that when you sit down with someone like that, that you're leading and you ask them, what do you want? You know, what, what, what do you want in your life? What do you want in your career? And now I can help you, you know, to achieve what you want. And generally speaking, what you want will align and coincide with what we want to do as a company if we're asking those right questions. Now, I noticed with your questions that you're not asking a lot of questions that would get just a simple yes or no. Right. These are open-ended questions. Why is it important to kind of ask the open-ended question versus the yes or no? Well, by the way, I, I don't know if it is more important. I oh, think okay. sometimes a yes or no yeah. question is pivotal oh. when you're attempting to get something done. Did this happen? Yes or no? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I want to know this. Sometimes a yes or no question is exactly what a leader needs. Okay. Um, I lead an accountability call uh, Monday through Friday at 8.15 a.m. Pacific. I know, horrifying. People are always like, and I've been doing it for 15 years, by the way. And on Mondays, everybody says what they they will do by Friday. And on Friday, oh, wow. I, I just read it out. And here's the thing. It's yes or no, or a percentage. No story. It doesn't matter to me as a leader, why or why you didn't. I just want to know, did you or didn't you? So sometimes yes or no questions are pivotal. When the rest of them, it's what do I do to help them uncover that they didn't make a good choice? Or what do I do to have them think more like a leader? So I could, because what we want, leaders want all many, we want other people who feel like they're leading. That's how you grow your business. That's how you do what you're, this podcast is about. That's how you scale. If, if you're doing everything, there is no scale. So if you were to stop and say, walk me through how you're thinking, or what do you consider good customer service? Or even if they deal with someone, if you had a chance to redo this, what would you do differently? Now, now they're engaged. Did that make sense to you, Leo? It, it does. And, and a lot of leadership, especially as we're going into this, is the ability to hold people accountable. And that can be very difficult. And it seems like the more uh, the world progresses, you know, year after year, it seems like, you know, a lot of leaders are not accountable. Nobody ever apologizes when a mistake is, is made. So how do you, what's the right way to hold someone accountable while not, you know, pushing, you know, there's this delicate line between you're, you're offending them, you're calling them out versus, Hey, if, if we're not accountable, we can't correct the mistakes. We can't get better. You can't fulfill you, you know, what you want in yes. your career. How and this is hard. It's hard for me to to sometimes hold people accountable. What are some of the best tactics as a leader to hold people accountable? Well, what a great question. And here's here's the thing: I don't need to hold people accountable. What I do is need to open up a door for them to be accountable to themselves and to me. 
So my job is not to do your job. My job is to lead. And if I'm leading and I'm figuring out the strategy and I know where we're headed, then I'm going to help you by saying, what will we agree? What are you going to agree to do? Not, this is what I, what you must do. And I'm going to hold you accountable to do it. These are adults that we're, that we're leading. This is part of our team. So if I were to say, let's just see if we can make this agreement. Are you saying that you will have this done by Thursday at three? That yes, I am. Okay. So let me make sure this is a question that I understand this, that this will be on my desk um, Thursday at three. Yes, it will. Now I'm expecting it Thursday at three. Now the question, of course, what if it isn't there Thursday at three? What's the next question is, forgive me if I got this wrong, but didn't we have an agreement? Question mark. <laughs> and I bet it's there by four if, if I'm keeping track. So did that answer your question, Leo? It, it did. It I'm did. not you're, the, I'm not asking the, them the question. Yeah. You're getting them to make an agreement, yes. a commitment. And, and now we can follow through and, and see where we're at. If we follow through now on our wall, one of our big values here in our company is we're going to do what we say we're going to do in a previous business. I had partners who broke their word all the time and it just absolutely killed the culture and leadership why is it so pervasive that it seems like so many leaders, you can't be a leader if you don't follow through yourself. Where are leaders, you know, losing out on the self-awareness of, you know, just following through with their own commitments? Well, I, I think that's individual. Um, you and I talked about being raised rural. Uh, it could go back to how your parents, your parents didn't keep you, okay, whatever, or I can't remember who it was that said the way a person does one thing is the way they do most things. Yeah. And so when you have people who are not accountable or then maybe you mishired and there's the challenge. Like if you've got your team and you say, we're going to do what we say we're going to do. Are we in agreement with this? And then you hire people who do what they say they're going to do because that's why you pay people. Then you've already created a culture that works for you, which is what you've done, Leo. So it's being selective or being really careful that people understand. Now, uh, let's use an animal analogy again. One of the things that speakers do a lot is they allow, and they don't realize that this allowing is ruining the culture. So they might know, like I use it as an example, that when my dog is clean, I live on Mud Hill. I call it affectionately Mud Hill. But when the dog's all clean and wonderful right out of a bath, then yes, get up on the couch with me and snuggle. Well, that dog doesn't know the difference between dirty and clean. <laughs> and if I allow that dog on the couch one time when he's clean, that dog thinks that's the way it's going to work. Yeah. So I have to have the wherewithal as the leader of my pack that the dog doesn't come on the couch clean or dirty. Just, just not the way we're doing it at my house. So once you've set some things in place, then you not allowing people to fudge or, and by the way, that's the point. If, if somebody comes in late, the question is, please help me understand what your definition of professionalism is. Well, I don't know. Why are you asking? Well, I just would like to know, do you feel that, that your behavior lately has been as professional as it could be? Now notice, Leo, all of these are not acquisitions or anything. They're all what? 
That's a pure questions. question. Yeah. And if I looked at you and you said to me, are you as professional? And I would go, wow, yeah, 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 I am. But I know something's coming, right? Why would he, why would she be asking me? Do you think your actions or do you think punctuality is part of professionalism? Uh, it doesn't take me long to figure out where I'm, I need to adjust. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Instead of just accusing, instead of just commanding, yep. you're asking them a question and asking them to self-reflect. And sometimes they don't even realize it. Agreed. Right? But but if they can actually ask the question and, oh, yeah, you know what? I, I did make that mistake. And that's what's so key, too, I think, as a leader. You know, one, uh, we started a new program within our community and I had certain assumptions that I thought were going to work out with it. And it ended up that I was wrong. And so the first thing I did when we went uh, live with our, our weekly meeting on that was, hey, guys. I want to let you know that I was wrong. I made that mistake. Now, I think my wife and kids would like to hear me, you know, do that a little bit more at home. So I'm, I'm, tr I'm trying to get better with that. But as a leader, when you can actually apologize and be accountable, now you create a culture of that accountability and so forth. Now, one of the things you talk about that I think is very fascinating is, is this combination of creating an inclusive team, yet still, you know, making sure you're bringing in the right culture fit how, what are some of the strategies to have kind of that inclusive team? Well, let's look at it again from an animal standpoint that you, they accept everyone. You know, there's not all breeds hooked together. If, if, if you've got a herd of horses, it doesn't matter what they look like or how old they are. They, they work it out. And so when you're, when you're looking at an inclusive team, there really is a shared philosophy or value that has to be recognized. So if we're, if we're huddling together or we're doing this, we have a vision or a goal that we're moving towards, then it doesn't matter about these individual preferences. We can come together because we're, we all are focused in the same place. And I think that's what brings the, however, a lot of leaders don't look at that. They look at the hierarchical system where you don't need to know that because you're not in a position at this place. No, I still need to know that what I do for a living is part of the big picture. Then I am involved versus, well, I'm just this assistant. I'm just this receptionist. I'm just a salesperson or I'm to get, does that make sense? It is. So there's a real alignment between the vision and the mission. And from the very top, all the way down to the bottom of the entry level, everybody understands that mission and vision. Well, yes. And yeah. sometimes the, the vision is esoteric. It's way out there, or we're going to become the most. So a lot of times a leader can help their teams by really bringing it down to each individual piece. Like what is our goal with customer experience? Yes. Instead of, because if our goal is this big vision out here, well, customer experience is not as important as new product development. And, and you lose some things. So yes, vision, mission, but really and truly, what are those principles we're working on that we will actually do on a day-to-day -day basis? And that's the communication we have with each other, with our customers and vendors. So what does that look like to us? And there's a question in there. How do we want our customers, internal or external, to feel? Or how do we provide, I work in industries where it's frightening 
right? Like the, the title industries or real estate, people are making gigantic purchases. They're scared out yeah. of their minds. Bigger and purchases the pers- their life. Yeah. I, and, but the people in the industry, forget all that. They just have to get the transaction done. They just have to get the paperwork done. Why aren't you? You know, and we stop and say, how can I make this customer feel safe? Now think about this for a minute. If I looked at this, how do I make them feel safe? Well, then I'm going to communicate it every step of the way. I'm going to compliment their, the fact that they're taking this risk. I'm going to do things that ease the process. But if I just say our goal, our vision is to, you know, get this many transactions in a year or get this much market share, I forget all about the customer. Did that, I wanted to just, it's not just about vision is my point. Yeah, no question. Because if, you know, you can have that vision, but how does that translate into my job and what I'm doing? And so making that very clear, what you need to be focusing on and what's going to help you will help us. But yeah, they, they can say, oh, that's a great mission, but how do I translate into my daily tasks yep. and job? And so giving them, that's that communication you're talking about, right? Yep. Very clear tasks, very clear outcomes in terms of serving the customer or even within the team and so forth. Now, one of the challenges, and you talk a lot about this uh, in today's world as a business leader, is you have different people, different cultures, different age groups even, and we've started to have this when we started out initially, we, we had a lot of, you know, 20 year olds in here that, uh, you know, are very tech savvy. And, and as we've had some other positions open up, we needed a little bit more experience. So we've got uh, people much, you know, in, in older that are older, more experienced, but there are certain disconnects there. And so how do you bring all that together, those different ages and, and whatnot? Um, and even the, the old adage, can you teach an old dog new tricks? is another big question. Well, and by the way, what a great lead in to what I'm going to say, because a lot of it has to do with your belief system. And you as a leader and your belief system spreads out to your entire team. So if you believe you can't teach an old dog new tricks, then you make that true. If you think that you've got mature people that don't know technology as well, you make that true. So I would start to question our limiting beliefs. One of the things I do as a coach is I'm a word watcher and people will leak their beliefs. If you're talking to somebody who is feeling um, like they're too old to learn it, they'll say it. It'll come right out. And if you recognize that and start to judge them that way, you're, you're in trouble. But if you believe that every human being has value, if you believe that every single person can contribute to the team, if you tell stories as a leader about how each person, each piece is, is pivotal. Like immediately in my mind, it came up with in, in football, isn't it that there's one goal person who kicks the ball. That's, that's their job. They, they, everybody else's defense offense, but that one person kicks the ball and you're like, well, are they making as much as I'm making? No, they're part of the team because we need somebody to kick the ball. Suddenly, it, it, it's not who's working harder, who works longer, who has the good work ethic. It's you creating an environment where people understand their value and also their contribution is valued. And then the more you praise what you want, this is key, the more you get what you praise. Wow, that's so powerful. So it's, it's these limiting beliefs that, that slip out of our mouth as yep. leaders or other yep. people that, and, and when you change those limiting beliefs in your organization, now they start to believe, oh yeah, 
You know, the, the old dog can learn new tricks. Yep. They can learn the technology or, you know, even, even, you know, people put the, these, these labels and words on people, even when they're going through school, we do it to our kids. And when we remove those labels and those, those negative, you know, things that, that opens the door for them to actually believe they can do different things and get rid of the limiting beliefs. Cause that is, that's what holds us all back. Limiting beliefs that are not true. They're so true. And what is a belief? And I remember hearing this, um, I believe from Abraham Hicks. And I, I always thought beliefs were truths. You know, I believe it. It's true. And when I'm coaching people, they will say that. Well, it is true. Well, it's just true right now. So if a belief is really just something that you've said over and over and over. Okay. So let's define belief. You just said it over and over and over. Well, you as a leader can say things over and over and over until they believe them. And we can also be negative over and over and over and people will believe that. And I want to mention it with us as humans. When we say something like I'm tired, we just say it often enough. We get more and more and more tired. I'm overwhelmed <laughs> and we just get more overwhelmed. So even in that, you can tweak it. Like if, if I feel in my body, instead of saying I'm tired, what I really mean is I could use some rest. Now that's true too, but I'm not bringing everybody down with me or we can learn anything here or we get to create whatever we want. What if you said that as a leader, we create our environment right now. We create it. Well, no people are this way. Aren't we creating it? Well, I guess there's value to that. And next thing you know, people are creating a new reality. It's pretty darn exciting to tell you the truth. Guys, this is the power of neurolinguistics. And when you understand how powerful the words you're using yep. and just what even you're saying to yourself <laughs> is creating is self-prophesying what's happening in your life. And that's one of, you know, on our, on one of our other values here is we're going to be unreasonably optimistic, right? We're going I to love continuously it. focus on solutions. We're not going to complain and criticize, but what can we control and, and how can we find the solution? It's so crazy. Like the media in the world are so good at focusing 99% on the problem, but very people actually focusing on the solution. And so I think those are powerful, powerful things. If you're listening, those are things you want to change in your life. Now, you're probably thinking at this point, wow, Shauna Shu is teaching me how to become a leader, teaching you how to create leaders in your organization. And they're probably thinking, Shauna, how can I connect with your programs? How can I work with you? How can I bring you into my organization? How, how can I, you know, understand all these things that are going to help me be a better leader? I hope they are. <laughs> Actually, all they need to do is go to my website. It's Shauna Shue and it's spelled S-H-A-W-N-A-S-C-H-U-H.com. And I'm sure you're going to have it in the show notes. Absolutely. Uh, I have an ebook for free there and people can um, get a complimentary call with me. And I do this for two reasons. And I think it's very powerful, Leo. Number one, my, my whole intent is to serve. I am here to serve you and your listeners. I, I do this because I do have something valuable to share. But I also, when I do these free sessions, I get a real beat on how similar most of our issues are. And then I can address it even more with my coaching clients. So I offer people just come to the website and, and engage with me. 
Unbelievable, guys. So that is Shauna Shu. That's Shauna and then S-C-H-U-H dot com. Shauna, S-C-H-U-H dot com. And it's S-H-A-W-N-A and then S-C-H-U-H dot com. So you can, to actually be able to schedule a call with her, that, that's unbelievable. That's so valuable to actually be able to, you know, get a, a breakdown of where you're at as a leader, where your company's at. And some of the things, or, or, you know, maybe in your organization, you run a sales team and you know that, you know, the organization needs some help. And the way you do that is you work with someone who's dedicated their life to it. And that's exactly what Sean has done. And someone who's worked with Nike and Columbia, we're talking some of the biggest companies on the planet, trust her to come in and teach their leaders. So Shauna Shu com. Make sure you guys take action. And as always, at the end of these podcasts, listen, there was amazing value bombs dropped by Shauna throughout the show. You learned a lot, but take action. Don't just let it go in one ear and out the other. You ha- we need repetition as human beings. Go to her website, get more information. If you can schedule a call, what a blessing that would be. And that said, Shauna, what's, what's your final word or, you know, something that's that people can do today to start getting becoming a better leader. I end my calls in the morning with this that I have said for a long time and people who've been on my calls, we've been doing it for 15 years, say that it just permeates inside their minds. So just remember that you, you create your day, your world by the way you think. So begin to think better. It all starts with the way we think, guys. What all are you it. saying to yourself? You know, the words are powerful, beautiful, well said. Well, Shauna, thank you so much for being on a uh, being a guest on the show. And guys, again, go to Shauna Shu. That's S H A W N A S C H U H dot com. Take action, become a better leader today. Thank you, Shauna. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.